Welcome to the Lead with Levity podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Heather Walker, and I'm so glad that you're joining me today. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe so that you can get all of the updates, all of the updates. And you know, when new episodes come out, we have really great guests and you definitely don't want to miss anything. So today our focus is on change management and I've supported several change management initiatives over the years. And there are three things that really stick out to me as just consistent, consistent leadership failures. The first being not communicating all throughout, waiting too long to celebrate, and then the third being launching way too many initiatives around the same time. So AKA, you're just doing way too much. So the first has to do with communication. And leaders believe that everyone knows what's going on because maybe they sent out a really long formal email or they held a kickoff meeting to introduce the project. But people really do need to know that the project is still a priority. You can't just have a kickoff meeting and then walk away. Uh, You need to check in on a consistent basis and you need to visibly show your support to people at all levels below you. And I also see some deficits when it comes to reinforcing the performance you want to see. And when you enter into a change initiative, there's naturally going to be some resistance some hesitancy from people like, are we really doing this thing? Do we really need to do this thing? And do we need to do this thing right now? And people need to be recognized and celebrated when they're starting to get on board, when they're making progress, when they're hitting milestones. Don't wait until the end to recognize your people, especially now, especially during COVID times. Which brings me to the last trend that I typically see, which is a one-way ticket to burnout, y'all. It's when companies take on multiple large-scale changes at the same time, and people don't have an opportunity to stabilize in between. So what does that look like? It could look like leadership announcing a new initiative, holding a kickoff meeting, and then three to six months later, it's almost like the original project was forgotten completely (laughs) because we're moving on to the next one. And your people are going through a lot right now. Please don't forget that. Now is the time for really thoughtful change management. And for those of you who don't know, change management, it's a process to help people understand, buy into, and adopt planned changes. It includes addressing readiness, managing resistance, and creating plans to support communication, reinforcement, and skill development. Companies often forego the people side of change so that they can focus mainly on the technical aspects, the project management, the quality management instead. But the problem with that is that people need to change to get these things done for this for the initiatives to be successful. And the people are actually the hardest part of the equation to change. So we really do need to put more intentionality and resources there. So guess what? Today I'm chatting with a change management consultant to the Fortune 50, Pam Marmon. And Pam is a change management leader and CEO of Marmon Consulting. She's ProSci certified 
in change management and Cornell University certified as an organizational designer. She has 15 years of experience and a proven success record in implementing organizational initiatives and culture transformations. So I'm going to pick her brain today on your behalf, and I want you to stick around, listen to a couple of highlights, and then we'll get into the show. It's time for a sneak peek. Yeah, I uh, recently had a conversation with a leader and we were planning out the change in that organization. And I said to her, I'm here to infuse joy. And she looked at me and smiled and said, well, we don't quite know how to do that part. (laughs) Help us figure it out. Um, And one way to do that is by intentionally identifying what are the mild markers where we can infuse celebrations or recognitions or just things that will bring the team together and um, allow us to to celebrate and to acknowledge the hard work of the team. Um, So I encourage every leader, rather than waiting until the end of some large go live to call out the people who've contributed, what are the mile markers along the way that we can we can take advantage of and really allow the team to be infused with more energy, to be recognized. Uh, sometimes these large transformations take multiple years from beginning to end. Uh, and so it's very important for us as leaders to, to sense when our people need a little bit of an uplift and to add fun things into the project, uh, into the celebration, into just how we lead the change itself so that we don't hit that fatigue level early in the project rather than uh, being able to carry it through the end. And now on with the show. I'm Dr. Heather Walker, and this is Lead with Levity. I help leaders create awesome work environments where communication is light, enjoyable, and uplifting. I shed light on the power of levity at work. Imagine just how much you can get done in that kind of environment. Come explore with me. Welcome to the Lead with Levity podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Heather Walker, and my guest today is Pam Marmon. Pam is a change management leader and CEO of Marmon Consulting. She's ProSci certified, y'all, and she's also certified through Cornell University for organizational design. She has several years of experience, and I am looking forward to sharing her message with you today. So Pam, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Heather. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So Pam, can you tell me a little bit about your process? Uh, Can you walk us through your journey? And how did you get to this point where change management is your big focus? Yeah, I would love to. I started leading organizations through change uh, when I was in my early 20s and uh, about a decade ago. And I found myself in a Fortune 50 client working on a large acquisition and uh, working hand in hand with a consulting firm that provided change management. And now at that time in my stage in my career, I was fascinated by leadership. And I realized that this change management discipline, the space related to organizational transformation, provided this um, ability for me to partner with leaders, learn from leaders, and really influence leaders. Now, fast forward a decade later, what I've come to realize is that the passion that 
uh, is about leadership has transformed and morphed into the passion about the person, the individual, the mm. employee. Um, and that to me is the biggest uh, opportunity for leaders to really influence an organization when they can relate to the one employee that cares about whatever is relevant in their world. And when the leader can reach that one employee, can speak in a way that relates to them, they can experience the greater success for the organization. Hmm. And how did that shift occur? So how did you go from leader to, I care about the employee now, forget yeah. the leader. <laughs> I, you know, and it's funny, I, I, it's, I still care about the leader, obviously, but what I do is I see myself as an advocate on behalf of the employee, because the change will most likely impact the employee, right. the employee's day-to-day work, and um, somebody has to speak on behalf of that employee, and their voice has to be heard. And so as a change leader coming in as a consultant, I have the ability to work with the leadership team as we define the vision and the strategy and the timing of the change. And I also have the ability uh, and the opportunity to work with the frontline employees who will actually experience the change. Uh, Because I'm a neutral party, I can provide that feedback and that perspective to the leader so that the leader can be empowered with the right talking points and the right perspective and the right knowledge of what that experience would look like for the employee. What's really important is that the leader Mm -hmm. cares because when a leader cares about that perspective and they care about the employee, the journey is very different at the end when we go live with a project or a new process or a new technology. We've embedded the employee through the journey. We've we've engaged the employee. We've asked for feedback. We've included them in the decision-making process to whatever degree mm-hmm. appropriate. Uh, and we go live with the employee championing the work versus us just telling them this is happening, figure it out. So my goal was to really help the employee at the end of the day. That's my passion. Uh, It happens through the leader. And certainly my journey initially started at that high level leadership uh, specifically area. Uh, But I quickly learned that if it weren't for the employee, the leader wouldn't be successful. Mm, Very true. So leaders are leaders because of the followers who have put them in that position. That's right. Yeah. So what kind of changes have you helped kind of uh, helped organizations transition through? Yeah. Um, a lot of the changes are in the technology space, a lot mm-hmm. of transformation, digital transformations, um, a lot of HR changes as well, systems, processes, um, Remote work is a big one right now, especially with the, uh, the situation we're in with the coronavirus. Okay. Technology process um, operating model is also another big one where we're shifting Mm -hmm. the operating model. We're adding new team members. We are expanding our services, how we do our services, um, all of that leading to a more effective organization at the end. Gotcha. So what would you say are the top change management challenges that the business world is facing today? We are bombarded with content and with information Mm -hmm. and with messages and with requests and with different communication channels. Um, And so I think the biggest challenge that we're facing as a change uh, from a change management perspective is getting the attention of the individual. Um, And so what I coach the leaders that I work with to do is to make sure that you're aligning your change effort along with everybody else who's leading a change effort in your organization so that you have visibility as you craft your messages, as you deliver that uh, the request to the employees, that you're being mindful of 
what their experience is like. So what's the story that the employee is receiving at the end? And are there opportunities for you to link those messages with other people throughout your organization so that there's a cohesive story that the individual will receive? Mm. So you mentioned that that we're being inundated right now, and I would completely agree with you. Um, Do you feel like traditional change management models are equipped to tackle these current challenges? The days that we are facing right now are very different than the normal standard change management practices that we would apply. I think there's a lot of relevance to the traditional change management models. Um, What we're seeing right now is a a need for empathy and a human connection. Uh, And not to say that's not the case with any change, uh, but I think there's a heightened need for us to be able to connect with the individual and to relate to that individual and to be graceful towards that individual in the current circumstances. Um, I think we can do that more effectively when we're in tune with our organization, with our teams and our people, and also Mm -hmm. when we're being real with them, when we are being transparent about our situation and um, the challenges that we may be facing and just allow that humanity to work itself throughout our teams so that they feel like we're building onto that trust. Right, right, right. So considering that the traditional models right now are some, there's some applicability, but we also need to sort of move out into more empathy, maybe even more empathy than ever before. And I would completely agree with you there, especially considering that for most of us, when we stepped into 2020 and we picked up our our calendars and our our goals and we started setting goals, shelter in place was never a goal. Nope. (laughs) Um, That was never a part of my 2020 New Year's resolutions. I don't know about you. Mine neither. (laughs) (laughs) So in a lot of ways, we're operating completely outside the land of plan change, right? We're moving into unplanned change. Uh, to the point where, in some cases, we don't even know what the goal is. Um, We just know that we want things to be better. We want to help people through. And do you have any tips for what a leader can do on a day-to-day basis to support their team through this? Yeah. So empathy certainly is the right mindset to have. Um, From a change perspective, my recommendation would be to limit the volume of change. So as much as we can be strategic about implementing the things that truly matter, we are in so many ways in survival mode right now. Many businesses, maybe not all, but many businesses are. And so as we Mm -hmm. think of perhaps all the changes we have planned out for the year or the next several set of years, what is the most important one and or a handful of important ones that we can focus in? Because what's happening, people are reaching this threshold of saturation, both personally at home, this is new, and then at work, entering a new way of working as well. And so my advice to leaders would be consider what is the most important thing that you can do from a change perspective with your team and focus solely on that so that you get the results that you want, but you're not overtaxing your people from a mental capacity perspective. Okay. Okay. And you mentioned, I I think in your book, no one's listening and it's your fault that email is something that we tend to rely heavily on, which it's, it's kind of hard right now because now people are living at home. And so you're either relying on, on email or some kind of text or, it's some form of, of text communication or maybe video or, or phone. Um, 
What would you say is the most effective way to connect with people right now if we're not using email? Yes. Uh, these days, I think a lot of companies are starting to use video conferencing where you can make that personal connection and you can read um, verbal cues and um, physical cues as well from from the person who you're communicating with. I think mm-hmm. that's really important. Technology is our helper here. It's not our right. enemy. And so uh, the comment about email, oftentimes what happens is leaders will communicate solely via email. And um, the reality is that many of us can relate to this, that emails are just piling up or they're just going straight into the trash can and we don't get to see them or we don't get to read them um, or we just don't pay the attention that they deserve. And so as much as possible, if we can communicate and engage people through other channels, that would be my recommendation to leaders not to rely solely on email as their primary way to communicate with people. I know a lot of companies struggle with that because that is a major way of us sharing information within organizations. Uh, But as we think of the change, there are certain times when email is probably appropriate. Uh, But as we talk a little bit more about the day-to-day impact to the employee, what particularly is changing in their world, uh, the discussion and the dialogue that's required will greatly benefit everybody at the end. Right, right. Let me take a step back. Let's Back to just general changes as opposed to uh, COVID, how to manage during COVID. Um, so the the people who love to listen to this show are interested in making the kind of work environment that their employees can get really excited about. And going back into the, the workplace, there are people who are naysayers. There are people who are all about work. Work has to be work. We have to hit our metrics. We have to be productive. Um, How would someone who is a levity enthusiast, what recommendations do you have to them to actually champion change, a cultural change, if you will, a climate change, a a, a change in tone in the work environment? Yeah, I uh, recently had a conversation with a leader and we were planning out the change in that organization. And I said to her, I'm here to infuse joy. And she looked at me and smiled and said, well, we don't quite know how to do that part. <laughs> Help us figure it out. Um, and one way to do that is by intentionally identifying what are the mild markers where we can infuse celebrations or recognitions or just things that will bring the team together and um, allow us to, to celebrate and to acknowledge the hard work of the team. Um, so I encourage every leader, rather than waiting until the end of some large go live to call out the people who've contributed, what are the mile markers along the way that we can we can take advantage of and really allow the team to be infused with more energy, to be recognized? Uh, sometimes these large transformations take multiple years from beginning to end. Right. Uh, and so it's very important for us as leaders to, to sense when our people need a little bit of an uplift and to add fun things into the project, uh, into the celebration, into just how we lead the change itself so that we don't hit that fatigue level early in the project rather than uh, being able to carry it through the end. Fatigue is definitely the word of the day, right? Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> we're all feeling it yeah. for sure. We're all feeling it. And if you're not celebrating big and small wins, Mm -hmm. you're really missing a lot of opportunities. And in the meantime, you're, you're burning people out. 
So that by the time you get to the end, they may not even be there for you to celebrate all of that good work that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, so you definitely want to make sure that you're you're building in resilience into your team. And one way to do that is to celebrate big and small wins. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So what is on the horizon for you, Pam? My mission is to help leaders not be afraid of change. And that is why I wrote the book. Um, I know that the title is catchy. There's actually a story with the title. I was meeting with one of my mentors and he was sharing with me some of the struggles that he's having uh, communicating the change within his organization and primarily using email to do that. And before I could catch my words, I said, no one's listening and it's your fault. And now my mentor is somebody who is actually in the military. He's got a military background, very decorated. Uh, And there was this awkward pause where we both looked at each other and I thought, oh no, I can't believe I just said that to him out loud. Um, And thankfully he smiled and allowed me to elaborate. But um, I just, that was one of those moments when I realized there is this sense of fear in leaders when it comes to leading transformation. And there's also the sense of frustration because from their perspective, they're doing everything they can to make sure that all of these efforts are being implemented. What they didn't see was the employee perspective, which is why I think there's, there's this really beautiful synergy between leaders and employees. And so what I want to do is to encourage leaders to not be afraid. And my real message is with the proper process, change is not hard. Uh, There is a process, there is a model that uh, I talk about in the book called LESS, listen, empower, speak, and solve. And I go into all the details there. But my message that I want to leave with leaders is the first step in that model is listen. And if there's anything that we can walk away from this conversation is the importance of us being good listeners um, to our people, to understand the Mm -hmm. organization, to understand the outcome, because only when we can listen intentively and understand the people that we're leading through this change, can we communicate with them? Can we relate with them and to them? Uh, And so that's, that's the message that I'm hoping to share with as many leaders as possible. I'm receiving feedback from leaders all over the world who are reading the book and are positively impacted by the message. And hopefully this is a fresh perspective on change. Um, I know lots of people have adapted the mindset that change is hard. And I want to change that. I think that change is a wonderful journey. It is a journey that we as individuals transform and and, um, it transforms us, but it also provides us an opportunity to make progress in the world. And humanity has relied on progress to be where we are. Uh, So I see change as something remarkably beautiful. And the, the more we can dispel fear and the more we can adapt this mindset that change is not hard, the better we are as a society. That's right. That's right. We can get through it. We can. Yes, we can. Yes. (laughs) Well, Pam, I really do. Pam, I really do appreciate your time today. And if anyone needs to learn a little bit more about this less model, less is more (laughs) y'all. If they want to learn more about the model or they want to get connected to you, where should they go? Yeah. So they can visit marmonconsulting.com. I actually have put together a set of free resources, templates, change management models and communication tools, free checklists. All of that is available to anybody who's interested in becoming a better leader and leading organizations through change. And um, they can also connect with me through LinkedIn. I'm happy to be a resource and um, a guide if anybody is interested in talking with me about continuing their change journey. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Pam. I hope you have a wonderful day. All right, that's it for today's show. And if you like this episode, 
please take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes or on leadwithlevity.com and connect with us on LinkedIn because we'll continue the conversation there. Thanks for listening to the Lead with Levity podcast. Go to www.leadwithlevity.com to access show notes and other resources. 